politics can be kind of this like evil and dirty world. What's it really like being a committed believer in the midst of American politics? We're never going to lie. We're never going to viciously attack and malign. We'll, we will we'll call people out if what they're saying is lying or what they're saying is evil. We, we will point that out. But we're not going to personally attack, which is so much of what politics has devolved into today. Well, welcome back to another episode of A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Ezra Benjamin. And I'm Carly Berna. And we are a Jewish person in my case and a non-Jewish or Gentile person in Carly's case, but we share faith that Jesus is the Lord and the Messiah. And we want to engage you, our listening audience, in what's happening around the world today, specifically as it relates to Israel and the Jewish people, what God's calling us to do, to think, and how to act as believers, both Jew and Gentile alike. And today we're going to talk about, drumroll please, politics. And some of you are saying, yes, that's awesome. And others just turned off the podcast and can't hear what I'm saying right now. And others are saying that's evil. And others are saying you couldn't pay me enough to be involved in politics, let alone talk about it. But we're going there anyway, because we like to discuss. And our guest today joining us is a longtime friend of us, uh, here in Phoenix, and now is uh, most recently in Ohio, Aaron Bear is the president of Citizens for Community Values, which is Ohio, Ohio's largest Christian public policy organization. Uh, Aaron has uh, given us a few minutes of his time today to talk politics, not just politics, but more specifically believers in politics. How did they get there? What should they be doing? And uh, how is God using them to make a difference in what's happening, not only here, but as it relates to uh, how America is involved with Israel and Middle East and all of those exciting, also hot topics. So, Aaron, uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be with you guys. Yeah, well, let's jump right in. Uh, how? Tell us a little bit about your background and then specifically, how did you get involved in uh, politics? Yeah, sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I, I spent some time out with, with you guys in the desert there. I'm a, an Ohio native, sort of the epicenter of all things uh, politics uh, in, in the country, um, but spent some time out uh, in Arizona working for a, a public policy group out there and then also working for uh, the attorney general uh, before coming home to uh, the heart of it all here in, in Ohio to, to run uh, CCV, Citizens for Community Values. Uh, you know, what really uh, got me into this, you know, on the one hand, if you work in this arena, there's a part of you that just enjoys politics, enjoys uh, the, you know, the, the fight of it all and getting in there and, and seeing those things. But, but really from a, um, from a calling perspective, uh, what, what I saw uh, more and more, especially uh, coming up, I'm, I'm from uh, Warren, Youngstown, Ohio, so a very impoverished part of the state. Um, I saw that at the end of the day, public policy impacts real lives. Uh, and, and all too often, us and we in the Christian world, we look at politics uh, as this dirty, ugly world. And, and the reality is because that's what it is. Uh, but as we're even seeing now with things from the Supreme Court and, and, and different things happening all over uh, our country, but also in the world, politics and public policy impacts real life uh, and, and has, a, has a long tail that, that uh, impacts uh, the ability of, of families to thrive, the, the protection and dignity of life, uh, the protection of our our fundamental freedoms and liberties. Um, and so, you know, for me, what's most important ultimately is for the church to be free to be the church. Uh, and that was the calling into this was to, to make sure that uh, the, the good news of, of Jesus Christ, uh, of Yeshua, 
uh, was able to spread across this land. And, and that's what we do every day is making sure that people in Ohio specifically, but America broadly are, are free to, to live, work and worship according to their faith. Right. Awesome. And I want to point out, Carly's going to ask the next question, but right before we do that, you said Yeshua. You snuck that in there. And I want to point out for our audience sake, because I didn't say it before, uh, Aaron, you have a Jewish background. Uh, you're Jewish. Um, so uh, thank you for dropping Yeshua. We'll send you the $20 bill later. Thanks for uh, adding that. But talk a little bit about that in terms of your background and you know, being um, coming to faith as, as, as a man with a Jewish background. Absolutely, yeah. So, so uh, both my mom and dad are are, are Jewish. Uh, they both uh, came to belief before I was born. So we were raised doing Jewish traditions, but primarily uh, in, in a, a very Christian uh, traditional household there. Uh, so doing things like Passover and, and Hanukkah, uh, but primarily going to to church on Sundays. Um, and uh, you know, and, and that's very much uh, formed a lot of my worldview. Formed a lot of how I read the Bible. Uh, formed a lot of how I, I think about our, our civic engagement. Um, I think some of the most uh, profound examples of how uh, God's people are to engage with uh, elected, not just elected authorities, but authorities at, at large are, are found in the Old Testament. And so uh, that, that very much formed that worldview. Uh, and, and I should say, I, I really, my, my faith, I, I came to believe in Christ around 17 um just out of a, a an unceasing love of god and, and this is this is one of the most important things to me about uh the way i engage in politics um is that you know i, I was raised uh, a, a sort of pro-abortion you know a very liberal individual my, my first uh political activity was 2004 where i uh, campaigned for john Kerry for president my mom pulled me out of class and i went <laughs> knocking on doors for john Kerry for president for those of you who know me now know i'm on the other end of that political spectrum um, uh-huh. but it's, but when I came to faith at 17, uh, you know, I, I would have, if I'd have died that day, I'd have gone to glory, uh, you know, sort of pro-abortion believer. It was Christ that, that saved me. Um, and, and then diving deeper into that, what does that mean that Christ is Messiah? Uh, what does that mean that this book is eternal, true, and good, the, the Bible? Uh, I became convicted on a whole host of other issues, uh, and that's what's led me to this place today. So that's why I never say, uh, you know, you can't be a Christian to be of this political party, or you can't be a Christian to be of that political party. Uh, no, you, being a Christian means you believe in Jesus Christ, uh, and the rest will fall into place from there. Very good. Yeah, I'll just say it's encouraging to hear that there's a Christian in politics, you know, trying to spread the gospel just with everything going on. But uh, as you said, you know, politics can be kind of this like evil and dirty world. What's it really like being a committed believer in the midst of American politics? You know, it's funny from a, from a very practical standpoint. Being a Christian is both in politics is both your greatest asset and and your your greatest weakness um, because there's some lines that we just will never cross uh, in how we advocate for public policy. Uh, we're never going to lie. We're never going to uh, you know viciously attack and malign. We'll, we will we'll call people out if what they're saying is lying or what they're saying is evil. We we will point that out. But we're not going to personally attack, which is so much of what politics has devolved into mm-hmm. today. Um, so so uh, from a very practical standpoint, that some people would see that as a disadvantage. But really what we have found as our greatest advantage is that we don't have to play the games. Um, you know, maybe the best comment somebody said uh, about us, we, we got into a we were in this fight over empowering parents to be able to choose the best education for their kids. 
Um, and we, we ended up, my organization, we ended up filing a lawsuit against the state. Um, and apparently when these lawmakers were working on this bill that we ended up suing, they said, well, you guys know Aaron. Aaron's not going to back down. That guy works for God. Uh, hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's right. We do. We, because we don't need to. <laughs> You know, ultimately, we know we work for a higher calling. Uh, we work for something greater than us. And so I, I don't need to, to to worry about being the most savvy, whatever. We're just going to do the right thing and, and trust that uh, whatever the results are, uh, are in God's hands. Yeah, that's great. So how do you engage with people on kind of the other side of the aisle who are, you know, wanting to play the games or have different strategies? How does that work? Yeah, you know, again, we, I think for us, one of the, the biggest things that we really drive home uh, is that uh, we, we work, we, we're not, a, we're a nonpartisan organization. So we'll work with Republicans or Democrats. Now, to be honest, like I said, we're a pro-life organization. We believe in marriage between a man and a woman. We, we believe in what are typically identified as social conservative policies. So honestly, typically it's Republicans that end up agreeing with us. But we really go out of our way to build bridges across the aisle to find issues that we can work together on. But also, too, one of the things that we started here, because uh, we have a, a huge network of churches called the Church Ambassador Network, where we, we bring pastors down from all over the state to go and meet with their lawmakers on both sides of the aisle and just pray with them. So, again, this is wow. where uh, we're able to try to connect with lawmakers. We don't we don't play the money game. I'm not going to make a big donation. I'm not going to make any donation to your campaign. Uh, we're, we're not going to, like, again, assault you in the media or do any of that kind of nasty stuff. But we're going to pray for you and we're going to try to get to know you and respect you as a person. Uh, and we've just seen that tear down a lot of walls, uh, build a lot of trust and ultimately help people even understand that, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest um, obstacles that Christians have right now in the culture is we, we've so insulated ourselves because we've looked at we've seen our culture drift more and more into secularism, drift more and more into honestly some socialist ideas, those types of things. Uh, that we've kind of withdrawn. And so the perception that the culture has of us is either hateful or angry or bigoted. Um, and we want to break those stereotypes by saying, listen, we disagree with you on these things. We think you're wrong, but we care for you. We love you. We pray for you. We want to see you prosper. God's called us to call for you and pray for you. And um, so that, you know, where, where, where folks want to really escalate things, we want to try to be more personal. Right. Yeah, that's great. Very good. So as it relates, you know, because this is a Jew and a Gentile discuss, as it relates to the state of Israel, I know the United States, you know, is America's best friend in the world politically. I don't know how that translates down specifically into what you're dealing with in the state of Ohio, being a Jewish believer in Jesus and being kind of on that conservative side of things in what you're doing. Uh, how much involvement do you have in, in any kind of policy or thinking related to America's involvement with Israel? Does that come to bear like once a year, once a day? What does that look like for you? So from CCV's standpoint, the organization I run, yeah. we're, we're very focused on Ohio. But but personally, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a member of APAC, the American-Israeli uh, Political Affairs Commission. Uh, I, I've, I've gone over on sort of political trips to back to Israel. Uh, and, uh, and it's something that I, I kind of leverage my my personal whatever anybody cares about what I say around here, I, I kind of try to, I leverage that as much as I can uh, to support Israel um, and, and support the Jewish people. Uh, again, I, I think that um, we, we just, it's so easy to forget. We, we have, the, our attention span has always been short as a people. Again, you read the book of Judges and you, you see that we've always had a short attention span, but especially in our culture today, everyone has a, has a you know, an even shorter attention span. 
we forget uh, just the, the historical persecution of the of, of the Jews and and how uh, like clockwork, sooner or later, when when things go wrong, people start persecuting Jews, and it and we need a this is having Israel. This is the first time in, in modern history. Uh, again, in Israel as a state, it's still so young where mm-hmm. Jews have a promised place they can go where they will be protected. Um, yeah. And and that cannot, I mean, as is, is great as our country is, and I, I believe America is the greatest country in the world, but it's still so important for, for, for the Jewish people to have that promise that we've never really, again, in modern history, uh, had uh, until relatively recently. Right. So along the lines of this connection to Jewish things, you know, America, we always say is a Judeo-Christian country, right? We're founded on Judeo-Christian ethics. Our money says it right now in God we trust. We say the Pledge of Allegiance in school. Uh, We swear before God. We swear on the Bible in the courtroom sometimes. Do you see that Judeo-Christian foundation remaining? Like if you could look into your crystal ball 10 years down the road, Aaron, in terms of the the political landscape and how we describe America, will we still be saying Judeo-Christian 10 years from now, or is that going to go away? Is that on its way out? We'll be saying it. I don't know how much it's going to mean. And and honestly, this is the call to the church uh, right now. Um, We we are, uh, and again, there was there's a new Supreme Court decision out in the Bostock case that is uh, fundamentally reordering society uh, in an un- ungodly way, in a way that uh, does not uh, acknowledge and respect the way we were created. You know, it's anti-science, it's anti-biological, but it's also anti-faith. Uh, and um, it, it's our biggest concern is that if uh, if Christians don't uh, come out of their bubble. Um, and and really recognize uh, the evil uh, that's going on. That's going imp- to that's impacting the next generation. That is specifically targeting our children. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be suffering consequences for a long time. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's not just about having words on coins or, or words on on paper or being uh, or or having those words and, and our pledge of allegiance. It's what they mean. Uh, it's it's what they it's what they uh, signify. Uh, and that fundamental appreciation, that shared consciousness that we've had as a country for over 200 years uh, is is disintegrating. Yeah. So along those lines, you know, you're, you're, as we've discussed, you're a Jewish believer in Jesus. What unique perspective does kind of having a hand on both of those worlds, the Judeo and the Christian, which, you know, you have, I have as Jewish believers in Jesus, we sort of, you know, we're, we have one hand on both of those worlds. How does that um, affect your thinking in terms of your involvement in politics in Ohio or beyond, kind of representing the Jewish community and the Christian community at the same time? Yeah, you know, I, I think a, a few ways that I think it really jumps out. Um, you know, on the one, to, to be blunt, uh, you know, speaking for my family, my family are, are, are very much your, your, your secular Jewish right. uh, Jews all over the, 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 the country here. And, and they're, they're very left-leaning. Right. Um, they are some of the sweetest, kindest, most heartfelt people you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, they, they genuinely care for people. They genuinely want to see people thrive, that kind of thing. I, for me, this is something that when I get deep into the political space and I get incredibly frustrated and I see just terrible things coming from, from the left, um, I, it's a reminder to me of, uh, you know, we don't live, you know, 
that our and we don't fight against flesh and blood you know it, it, it's it's a spiritual war first and foremost that we're in um and so identifying that aspect of it and, and just honestly my, my jewish family is just a constant reminder to me of of the love and, and genuine care even if they're wrong on certain issues they, they genuinely do love and care uh, for each other and for for our, our nation uh yeah. you know i think the other big thing for me is is uh, and this is both on the policy level, but also on the personal level. It, it shapes how I view scripture, shapes how I uh, understand, uh, especially a lot of the New Testament. Um, it, you know, Ezra, you and I have had long sure. discussions about this, uh, just about how um, how the New Testament just, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense uh, without the Old Testament, but, but there's such a, a deeper understanding of what Jesus was doing and what Paul was then doing uh, from there. Uh, to, that, that really speaks to how now shall we live as, as Christians. Um, and, uh, and, and so that, that very much, and, and that's just one of those things is the water, that's the water I swim in every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in the work that I do. Yeah, that's helpful. You know, I'm realizing as you're saying this in, in my own family situation as well, many of our listeners may not realize that, you know, we could say, the majority without throwing a statistic out. Cause I don't know it. The majority of those in America who identify as evangelical Christian, which would be a lot of our audience would lean conservative generally on some issues. But what people may not know is that like 75% of the American Jewish community is fiercely liberal in their own politics. And it's in the name of rights and freedom. And, you know, we were slaves at one time and people should never be obligated to believe or do anything they don't feel like. But it's this kind of intense liberalism. And so my family, too, you have the kind of the part of the family that believes in Jesus and kind of maybe in some issues leans very conservative. And then the Jewish secular part of the family who couldn't be farther on the other side of the spectrum. And so it's like holding on to both of those things. And we end up uh, you either get torn apart or you become a bridge. I think that's right. That's right. So you mentioned, you know, sometimes you can be frustrated by what the left is doing. How do you navigate those kind of really hot button issues like pro-life, et cetera, while still staying true to your convictions? Yeah. You know, that's, that is literally the daily struggle. Um, I I think I'll say for, for us here, just at CCV, it's one of the reasons why we have started daily prayer. Um, we used to do weekly prayer and then we said, no, we need to meet every morning at 815 to pray, uh, to seek the Lord. Because when I think abortion is a great example of it, when you see such a massive abortion, a massive injustice on such a grand scale, Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you can't help, but, uh, get angry and upset and, and, you know, keeping that focus, I think what's, which again, just important for, for Christians to remember, and I have to tell this myself every time this happens. I remember when the Obergefell same-sex marriage decision came up in the court. Uh, I remember thinking, you know, Christ is still on the throne no matter what happens, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we're called to to obey and trust uh, and and walk forward in that faith, and, and that's keeping that front and center, but not and not growing weary. Uh, th- this is what we've been called to: is to uh, is to fight for this justice in this case, and, and I think you know. I remember after the George Floyd murders and the Ahmaud Arbery murder, in those cases, you saw that same reaction all across our country where there was just this visceral yearning for justice. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in some places, it played out violently and that's, that was wrong. But, but, but that, that gut instinct uh, of people hitting the streets and getting angry, I get that. I, I, I identify that with that. And I think this is where Christians are differentiated from the rest of the world is, is it's how we channel that, that, that righteous anger. 
um, and making sure that doesn't lead us into sin and lead us into things like vandalism or looting or, or you know, violence, that kind of stuff. That's just, that's just not the way God will call us to go. But but to, to protest or have our voice heard or redouble our efforts to, uh, you know, protect the dignity of unborn life is, is, is a, a great example of what we can do. Awesome. Well, Aaron uh, is not a single guy. He's he's a husband and a father, and we're going to talk in just a minute about uh, how his faith and his Jewish identity impact his family life, uh, how he's raising his kids. Uh, before we do that, I want you all to know that the reason I talk so loud and so fast is not only because I'm from New York, but it's because I love coffee. And maybe you're at home and you do too. Or maybe your friends uh, love coffee and you love to get them some good coffee. Uh, we have a way for you to get involved here, uh, not just once, but on a monthly, on an ongoing basis with what we're about here at A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. We partner with ministries like Jewish Voice with dozens, actually over 100 other ministries in North America, uh, including over 70 in Israel who are engaging with Jewish people and their neighbors in the name of Jesus on an ongoing basis. If you want to get involved, uh, not only with the things we're talking about on this podcast, but with what we really see God doing uh, right now in the United States, in Israel, around the world, in scattered Jewish communities you may never have heard of, we have a way for you to do that. And as a thank you, we want to get some of the world's best coffee into your hands, specifically coffee from Ethiopia. Get online, a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. All the details are there. But as a thank you to you for your monthly partnership with this podcast and the ministries we partner with around the world, we want to get you some of that coffee as often as once a month or however often you would like to have it. So check that out again at Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. Carly, take it away. So as Ezra mentioned, you are a Jewish believer. And of course, we both personally know you. So we know you're married to a Gentile Christian. Your life is basically a Jew and a Gentile discuss every night, probably. <laughs> um, so how has that kind of played out in, in your marriage or while you guys were dating or, you know, that Jewish and Christian perspective? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, well, um, you know, first and foremost, too, it, it helps. Them. My, my wife is much smarter than I am and much better read than I am. So. Uh, we when we play out these discussions every night, uh, she typically wins those discussions. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know, and especially because because my wife uh, shares uh, my love for for Israel uh, and 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 shares uh, you know a, a passion for 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 God's word. Um, it, it, it's really it, she's been just a great partner in in seeing uh, seeing this influence just our our our, our daily life. Um, and, and how we talk about the Bible with our, with our kids, uh, how we process, uh, the world around us. Uh, you know, the first time, uh, I went to Israel was she, she came with me and, and, um, and, and so we got to experience, uh, just that incredible land, uh, together. Um, and so, so again, it, it really is one of those things, uh, what, what I love about our marriage is, is we both have brought, uh, our, our sort of unique family experiences to her, her family's. Catholic and Italian, uh, you know, my, my family is Jewish and um, uh, we, we rub all of that to the table and how we, we raise our kids. So how, what does that look like in, in the raising of your family? Like, do those things come up when you're raising them? Oh, uh, my, my goodness. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, well, well, one, I will tell you, uh, and th th this might get the podcast in trouble, but when you combine uh, the, 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 the forces of grandparents of 
Catholic and Italian guilt and Jewish guilt all in one. Mm-hmm. You make the holidays a pressure cooker uh, to yeah. make sure you're seeing all the family at the right time in the right ways and yeah. everyone is getting equal time. Uh, so that's from a very practical standpoint, uh, that that makes uh, that makes the holidays very interesting. Um, but you know, I, I, on a on a, a broader scale, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's really funny to try to to parse it out because again, as I said this earlier, it's kind of the water we swim in, um, you, and you don't really realize it until you see other things going on in other people's lives and you realize you do things maybe just a little bit different. You talk, we, again, we, we, the way we unpack scripture, the way we talk about it, talk it with each other, uh, the way we try to prioritize um, our, our time around the holidays or our time around, uh, around church and worship, uh, all of those types of things, are, are, I, I can't really separate out uh, the Jewishness aspect of it from everything else. Interesting. I'm thinking, you know, the the tension of the holidays. My mom's not Jewish and my dad is. And so we would have, you know, oh, we couldn't call it the Christmas tree. It was the Hanukkah bush. And it's like, mommy, I didn't know the Hanukkah bush has red and green ornaments and a giant angel on the top. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, don't talk about right. it. Don't show your phone. Right. So it's funny. The holidays are something. Um, and yeah. your kids are still young. How do you see their identity uh, playing out, you know, like 5, 10, 15 years from now as they sort of, you know, uh, we, we hope and we pray, make their faith their own, uh, having one Jewish parent and one non-Jewish parent. Like, what's your what's your desire or prayer that that would look like for them? No, the, uh, honestly, this is something I, I think a lot about, but both in, in the broader context of, of wanting them to, to come to know Jesus and, and, and love him and serve him uh, forever, uh, but also on the, uh, on the more sort of micro level of, of understanding the gift that it is, and understanding the gift that it is to be Jewish, um, and and to be of that bloodline. Um, you know, it, it again, it's not that there's it's something worse off about not being there, but but it is something that that, that means a great deal to me. Um, both in, again, doing doing things like Passover, doing things like Hanukkah, and, and understanding uh, understanding sort of the, the the Jewish tradition and loving Israel, but. But there is just something uh, about that that I, that is a, a gift that I'm glad to be able to give them, and I I really do hope, um, I really do hope that it helps make the faith more re- real. I, I think that if there's one thing that I think um, Protestants in particular struggle with, I think Catholics in some ways actually have gotten this a little bit better than Protestants, um, but because we're so focused on uh, on faith over works. And the tangible becomes less uh, less important, and 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 the faith can then become very ethereal, very very mental. All, all it can all become spiritual, um, and and there's something about having Jewish blood that is a reminder of Christ was real. You know, when you go to Israel, when you go to Jerusalem, this is a real place. He he, he walked this ground. He walked up these steps. Um, you know, you know, the, the place where, where, where David slayed Goliath is a real place. You can right. go stand on that ground. Right. Um, and, and especially in American Christianity, because we have so many fun resources that I love that I use to show videos and, and songs and all this kind of stuff, it can all become pretend. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the, the Jewishness, um, of our faith broadly, but, the, but, but my family being Jewish, um, is really helps 
ground that faith in reality um, and, 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 and hopefully make it more tangible. Yeah. Amen. So for other, um, you know, in our generation, whatever we are, the millennials, the cuspers, the young Gen Xers, but uh, for people in our general, you know, season of life, maybe who like you are in a mixed marriage. So one, one parent from one, one spouse from a Jewish background, the other not, but uh, both believe Jesus is, is the Messiah is Lord. What's your advice if they're going, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to raise my kids. How do we put these two things together? I never thought about the, nobody ever, you know, gave me the manual on how to be Jewish and Christian at the same time. Uh, What's your advice for them? So, well, the the first thing, and and I, I I know this is going to sound over the top, but but go to Israel, at least you and your spouse. Um, But, but yeah, we're we're already making plans for when our kids get a little older, We're, we're taking them over there. Um, to, 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 to be in the place, to, to, to experience it, to realize that it's real because that uh, honestly, like, um, Maria, my wife has become such a partner with me in this and, and her love for Israel is as great as mine and her love mm-hmm. for, for the Jewish people is as great, is as great as mine. Um, and so that, that bonding experience of why it matters so much, I think is, is, is key. Um, the other thing too, though, and again, I, I kind of referred to this a little bit ago, but, um, but really dive deep into the old Testament, um, and, and really, really look for those connections and, and read the gospels, uh, in, in the light of Jesus as a Jewish man. Um, because, because everything he was doing, you know, it's honestly one of my biggest frustrations, uh, with when I do communion in a Protestant church is that so often the way and Catholic church in many ways would would do this too. The the way we approach uh, the communion is that, you know, out of nowhere, Jesus just decided that as they were hanging out to hold up a cup of wine and a piece of bread and and call it his blood and his his body, Um, which is just weird. You know, it's just weird on its own. Um, But, but when you put it in the context of the Passover and you put it in the, the, the context of uh, of a, a, a people group that uh, have have so much weight on this uh, observance, um, it, it's so much richer. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then you you can't not blend those two things together. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, Aaron, we have two more questions for you. Before we do that, just a reminder: if you want to get more involved, not only with the Jew and a Gentile discuss, but with the over 150 ministries that we are directly and indirectly partnering with around the world to reach Jewish people and their neighbors with the gospel. We have a great way for you to do that. Check it out online, a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. As a thank you for your partnership with us, we want to get you some of the best coffee I've ever had, delicious coffee from Ethiopia. And that's saying a lot because I've had a lot of coffee. So we want to get that into your hands monthly, quarterly, whatever you'd prefer. Uh, again, check that out, a Jew and a Gentile discuss dot org as we wrap things up here we have two questions from our listeners carly's going to share the first one what faith related issues should americans be paying attention to in the upcoming 2020 elections if if i were to summarize everything all of the issues that we're dealing with today uh, as a culture it, it, it is one fundamental question and and that is what does it mean what does it mean to be made in the image of god um every Every issue we are fighting on today uh, comes down to that fundamental question. And honestly, it's it's, uh, it's the same question that Eve was asked in the garden: Is did God really say this? Did God really say we were made in the image of God? 
Um, it, it, we're, we're fighting that same question today, whether it's, whether it's abortion, uh, is, is a, is an unborn child, is that child made in the image of God, whether it's racism, uh, is, is somebody of a different skin color made in the image of God, is if it's sort of the sexual revolution issues we have going on, which is, am I nothing more than my sexual desires or the, the impulses and, and the, the gender stereotypes I want to conform to? Or am I something greater? Is there something purposeful about the way I was created uh, and, and the way God made society at large? Um, again, we can, is pornography, are, are we looking at, and human trafficking, are we looking at other human beings as human beings or objects for our own pleasure? All of these, in, all of these questions come down to that fundamental question of what, is it made, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And when we get that wrong, we see all of the devastation consequences around us. Drugs, I mean, I could go on mm -hmm. and on. Everything comes back to that mm -hmm. question. It's mm -hmm. great, Aaron. And then um, if we speak to a listener today who maybe at one point in the past or maybe right now is saying, you know, I kind of feel this tug to get involved in politics in my town, you know, at the city level, whatever, even at the state or national level. But either I'm so turned off by what I see on, see on the news or I'm so intimidated or that would take hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to sort of break into the system. Uh, speak to that listener. What advice do you have? You know, first and foremost, everything we do, um, and this this is the true test when when I get a, a call like that or I have a conversation like that is um, is start on your knees, start in prayer, uh, and start start praying uh, for your people and elected authorities, and then start local. Um, to be honest, uh, very little actually happens in Washington that that we can actually influence. A lot of happens at the Supreme Court now, apparently. Uh, but, but most of what's in Washington is gridlock. Um, the things that impact your day-to-day -day life are at your school board, at your city council, and at your state legislature. Um, and those are places where you can have profound, profound impact. So get to know those people. Those people that are elected uh, are just like you. Ask them how you can pray for them. Ask them what are the issues that keep them up at night. Get to, get to know those individuals. And then I'd also encourage you, no matter what state you're in, uh, there's groups like CCV, there's family policy councils in about 40 states. Uh, find who your local family policy council is and, and get connected with them because uh, the way we work, again, we don't play the money game. Uh, yeah. We play the, the way we operate is we empower citizens. We empower Christians uh, to have a voice um, for good. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunities and, and Christian, your voice is needed. I don't want to say now more than ever, because we've dealt with some pretty big issues in our country, but it is definitely needed today. Awesome. Aaron, thanks so much for your time and for the great things you shared with our audience today. I learned a lot. I know they must have as well. And uh, Godspeed to you. It's a treacherous kind of world out there, American politics right now, uh, with elections coming up and everything else going on. But uh, thanks for standing strong. Thanks for being open about your faith. It's awesome. Hey, thanks for all you guys do. So before we close, just a reminder, if you want to hear more episodes from A Jew and a Gentile Discuss, just subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your podcast. We'd also love if you'd leave us a review, share this podcast with someone you know, you can follow us on social media. If there's anything you want to have us discuss or any questions you have for us, you can submit your questions there. Uh, join us next week for another episode of A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. This show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.